All right. Welcome, everyone. Good morning or good afternoon, I guess, depending on where you are in the world. My name is Hannah Shane, and I am the Director of Marketing here at Cloud Elements, and it's my privilege to be your host today for today's talk show. So first of all, thank you for joining us. I know we all have very busy schedules, and I appreciate you carving out some of your time today um, to spend it on the talk show. The intent of today's show is to introduce you to two of um, e-commerce industry's leaders in API integrations, Shopify and Busy. So regardless of whether or not you're familiar with Cloud Elements, and we do API integrations, by the way, we hope to provide you with some valuable tips and tricks from two of my friends in e-com. Before we jump in, the theme of this talk show is the AMA Ask Me Anything. Um, during registration, a lot of you had submitted questions ahead of time, and so as a moderator, I took those into consideration and made sure that we brought all of the questions kind of forward. Um, so during the event, feel free to go ahead and submit any new questions that you might have using your GoToWebinar console, and then we'll do our best to answer any and all questions that come in throughout the event. But if we're not able to, we'll certainly be able to email answers to you with all the questions we've received. So with all that, I'd like to introduce today's speakers. Um, first up is Oren Harris, and he is on the app onboarding team at Shopify. And so Oren and his team with the other developers, um, they help developers around the world integrate to Shopify's platform, and it's a fast-growing app store and ecosystem. And I'll let Oren kind of talk a little bit more about what his and his team do in just a bit. And then Jen Kessler, she's CEO and co-founder at Busy, and Busy is one of Cloud Elements' customers. And Busy offers a state-of-the-art marketing platform for e-com businesses and small businesses to use. She studied business at Stanford and math at University of Pennsylvania. And Jen's worked at the forefront of bringing in inventive predictive modeling to portfolio management across multiple industries and is excited to be bringing that innovation to the marketing industry. So Jen and Oren, let's go ahead and just jump right in. Um, Jen, if you want to get kick things off, can you tell me a little bit about how you got to where you're at today and um, what Busy is up to? Absolutely. So um, after studying math, um, I worked in portfolio management across a variety of industries, like you mentioned. And I, doing that, I was helping big companies better allocate their capital across different projects, businesses, and investments. Um, then I went to Stanford to get my MBA, and that's where I met my co-founder, Kiara. And we noticed two really interesting trends happening. On the one hand, we saw e-commerce absolutely exploding as an industry. Um, and marketing for e-commerce businesses is literally the equivalent of rent for businesses with physical locations. You need it so that customers can find you. Uh, so marketing for e-commerce businesses was more important than ever as this industry was exploding. Um, on the other hand, we found that marketing was becoming more and more complicated with the increased proliferation of APIs and marketing channels. Um, so effective marketing for e-commerce was becoming as hard as it was critical. And to be successful, e-commerce businesses really needed a well-managed portfolio of marketing investments. And in order to do that, they needed a tool that integrated their data in a manageable way, uh, gives them visibility into their marketing activities, and allowed them to manage their marketing like a true investment portfolio. Um, and that's what we're building at Busy. Um, so what Busy is, is it's automated marketing that's designed to boost sales for your e-commerce shop. So we took what both teams do at big companies, and we built a product that does that for any e-commerce business. Great. And Oren, do you want to give us a little bit about your background? 
Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Hey guys, uh, my name is Oren. Um, I'm the onboarding lead uh, on the app team at Shopify. Um, before this, uh, I was working at a, a decently large uh, telecommunications company called Rogers uh, for a number of years. This is in Canada. Um, any Canadians probably know about it. Um, and then I went actually back to school to uh, study mobile app development, where um, I basically designed apps for iOS and Android, um, mainly on the, the front-end side, uh, doing front-end design and development. Um, yeah, and then I started at Shopify. It was kind of a natural, a natural uh, progression to go into Shopify um, with my sights on working with uh, the apps team, uh, third-party developers, and growing the app store, which is what I do now, which is a blast, by the way. Um, the app team as a whole, we manage the um, app store and app ecosystem where we have uh, over 1,500 apps and growing. Um, we also have thousands of other partners that build um, smaller integrations um, as well as um, other integrations for uh, other partners and, uh, and our plus team as well. Yeah, so that's me. Okay, sorry about that. We had a little bit of mic difficulty over here. Um, hey, Oren, can you confirm that you can still hear me okay? I can hear you, yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, why don't we just jump in with the next question. Um, you know, Oren, if you can tell me a little bit about Shopify and thus far, what's been your strategy for designing your app's API? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, it's not too much different from pretty much everything else, uh, else we do at Shopify. Um, we try to make a clean, um, easy-to-use uh, integration um, with providing as much information publicly as we can, uh, but also protecting our merchants and our partners together. Um, so we're trying to build the best APIs, the most open APIs, um, and the ones that are just easier to use. Uh, we now do have a full support team for our APIs, uh, which is fantastic, as, as well as our um, our forums, which is really strong and focused on community growth. Um, but really, we want to make it so that our support team, um, I mean, our support team is there to help all developers. We want to make it a self-serve platform, um, as well as an open platform. So basically, anyone can develop on Shopify. Great. And Jen, you know, what's, what's going on with Busy? What has your guys' strategy been for designing your API? Yeah. So for us, live data connections are critical for the success of Busy. So the way it works is we integrate directly with your e-commerce platform and your lead collection tools, giving you as an e-commerce business one centralized customer management system. Then based on that data, we're going to automatically segment your customers, create your business's conversion funnels so that you can actually focus on driving each customer to their next purchase. And this live connection to all of your customer data means your segmentation is up to date. So it actually powers your marketing. Um, and then once we have that data, we can use that to automatically suggest, create, and execute editable marketing campaigns for you. And then again, once we execute those campaigns via API, we track the interaction and conversion data, again, via API from your marketing so that you can better optimize for the future. Um, so in other words, Busy is identifying, maintaining, and optimizing your marketing funnel, giving you the visibility that you need to manage your business. And to do that, we need to have live integrations and up-to-date data with both your customer data sources, your order system, which in this case is Shopify, as well as your marketing funnel. And so 
today, um, you can use busy state-of-the-art segmentation to send high-converting marketing emails, but soon you're going to be able to use that same segmentation to execute paid marketing. Um, and that's going to give you clear visibility across your entire marketing portfolio. And again, that's entirely driven by the data that we can access via APIs in real time. Yeah, that's super cool. I think they might be having some technical difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can add um <laughs> I can add so some of the types of some of the types of tools that we integrate with, so is so you have your lead collection tools which enable you to collect the leads. Um, then, of course, there's the e-commerce platform, which allows us to track the orders and conversions. And um, then there's the marketing tools themselves, which enable us to track interaction rates and conversions based on those interactions. So you can really have a truly optimized funnel. Oh, they're still there, just no audio. Oh. Hey, Orange, should we just move on to the next question, just about kind of... Yeah, sure. Um, cool, we'll yeah. So should we talk about, like, driving adoption of our API? Do you want to go yeah, first? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, yeah, so um, we have, a, like, a number of strategies. We try to get out there as much as possible and go to every event possible, um, try and just talk about our API as much as possible and, and let people know that it's not just... Um, not just for one use case, it's an open API you can do many different things with. Um, we also have a lot of new APIs that are coming out you know, every mm -hmm. few weeks. Um, so we try to um, you know, market that and, and let people know as much as possible. Um, I think that's one thing that we can actually improve on. That's something that we're, we're, we're looking at uh, for the end of this year to, to try and um, just make it more well-known um, and grow our ecosystem, uh, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, so that's actually a big challenge uh, because um, you know, to try and kind of bridge out from um, just the main uh, core that we have of partners and try and get out there and let people know about our API and, and building on it. So, uh, yeah, we have some, uh, some plans on doing that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's really just about getting out there. Our support team, I think, has been a huge uh, change for us. Uh, before, we just had our forums, um, which are we had support going in there and answering questions. Uh, but now we have a full support team. So if the forums can't answer a question, uh, we're with you, you know, from big, you know, the beginning of building your app to the end of building your app, um, which I think has um, been huge for, um, for us and for the ecosystem just because people know if they run into a problem, they can contact us. Um, just kind of gives that trust too, right? To, uh, yeah. Because, I mean, building, you know, development isn't easy. Um, and someone's problem might be different from someone else's problem. And uh, as soon as you think you know, you know what you're doing, you might get an error that you just, you can't figure out. Trust me, I've been there. Um, so uh, yeah, I think the support team is, uh, has been super valuable and it's growing very rapidly. So uh, yeah, it's been great. 
Yeah, and I could say as a user of Shopify's API, um, one of the reasons we chose to even start with Shopify was because they had such a well-documented API and such a you know, well-established developer community. And that just made it really, made the choice pretty simple for us of where, where to start. And the fact that the, the Shopify API is so robust and so well-documented means that there's an incredibly robust app environment. And what that means yep. is that Shopify's businesses are just very accustomed to using apps and giving and, and giving them access to their data so that they can optimize their business. And so it was a really yeah, natural right. fit for us. Um, and oh, so okay. it was... It was it was it was awesome, um, and then oh, for us in terms good. of yeah, it was great, and then for <laughs> us in terms of of our API, so we integrate right now. We have an API that's exposed to lead capture tools, and we plan to expose more aspects of our API soon. But for us, the strategy was just you know every time custom we have customers that are using a specific lead capture tool like just Uno or Privy for example, um, and they requested an integration, we would just reach out to those teams. We'd say we have customers who are using your lead capture tool. We'd like to integrate with you, and we just sent them our documentation. Um, and it was pretty simple. So the key is, you know, if your customers are asking for it, and you have something well documented, it's it's pretty um, easy to integrate with other members of the e-commerce ecosystem. Yeah, no, you're definitely right on that. Um, more and more people are doing that. I think it's fantastic having those partnerships, um, just because you know. Uh, when you do something really well, um, why not go and partner with someone else who did something really, really well? And so, you know, instead of trying to tackle that um, as well, right? Um, obviously, Busy does it really, really well. Um, I'm a big fan of you guys, as you know, and I've, I've been playing with your app too. And the integration part is really cool too because you, you guys integrate in like a very simple way, which is very much like the way we integrate, which is just kind of like an integrations place where it's very simple. You just kind of pop in credentials and then like you're ready to go, which, which I really like. Um, very simple, very clean, and uh, yeah, it makes it easy for the for the merchant. And one of the cool things I think about APIs for business owners is it almost makes the tool seem magical because your mm. your data just magically gets migrated to any tool that you use, um, and that's exactly. pretty exciting. Um, it saves time and just gives you increased visibility. Could you tell anyone uh, if there's any future integrations that you're looking at right now? Anything, um, anything exciting? <laughs> Anything exciting? Um, well, we're always looking um, for more lead capture tools to integrate with. We have a couple more in the works right now. Um, and then, of course, we're eventually going to be adding additional e-commerce platforms. Um, and then, of, of course, the most important um, is additional um, marketing channels. So that's coming very soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but integrations are just a cornerstone. I mean, the whole point of what we're doing is giving business owners visibility into their business so they can manage a true marketing portfolio. And so if we don't have live connections to all the important data sources, um, then we need to find a way to get them because we need them. When did you guys start integrating with a third party? Um, so we started with just Shopify, um, and then originally we just gave people essentially an HTML snippet that they could customize. Um, to send their leads directly to Busy. Um, and then once we started getting more traction, we then reached out directly to do native integrations with the lead capture tools that our customers liked most. Oh, very cool. But it was entirely, um, the, the prioritization was customer-driven, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At I mean, Busy, that's, we how, really that's believe, what happens half the time, right? Yeah. At Busy, we really believe in like listening to our customers and trying to understand what tools they're using. 
um, and the way you know the way we understand what tools are most critical to them is what tools they want integrated with us. Yeah, we do we do something very similar. We we put out merchant and developer surveys quite often. Um, we get a lot of great feedback. Um, um, just you know, a lot of things is it's stuff I already think about. So when, when they say it back to me, it's like yeah, I know. It's like I gotta build that because it's, like, it's just <laughs> such a no-brainer, right? Um, but yeah, that stuff is like the the most valuable information that you can really get. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, should we move on to a different question? Yeah. Oh, they're 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 on it right now. Okay, cool. We're ready for the next question. So, Warren, one thing that I'm curious about is oh. if you can talk to me a little bit about how um, Shopify is, you know, using um, or kind of designing your guys' strategy around um, which apps are being accepted and how you guys are pulling new integrations into your marketplace. And then, Jen, if you yeah. want to follow up with how you guys have prioritized which integrations you build into the busy platform. Yeah, that's a really good question. And that's like, that's my like ball game. So, um, so yeah. So I manage a team that manages which apps come into the app store. Um, we don't really pick and choose. Um, we have an open system, open API, and we essentially have like most app stores. Like if you take for example the Apple App Store, uh, we have a list of requirements that the app has to to meet in order to get into the app store. Um, the requirements are basically a mix of. Um, an install flow mixed with what a good merchant experience looks like. Um, for a very long time when the App Store was first created, it was kind of just um, any app to get in at any point, um, which I think was good when we were building the platform because it, it gave us a lot of context and a lot of uh, um, trial and error on, on how that would work. Um, now we've tightened up a little bit. It's still, you know, the requirements are not anything crazy, um, but we do have some requirements to make the merchant experience better um, just because, you know, we want it to look um, look and feel like a good experience, and then it's going to, you know, help the developer and help the merchant out um, together. So this is um, something that uh, I've been working on and, and really tightened up this year. Um, and uh, we have some plans to do a, a couple other things too to make it a little bit more flushed out. But um, yeah, right now it's it's pretty good, and I think they're they're quite clear. Um, we have a pretty good adoption rate. Most developers are accepted to the App Store. Um, uh, we do have feedback a lot of the time, but uh, yeah, generally we work together with developers. That's the fun part is you know working with a developer that um, is usually good at like a front end or a back end, but not good at both. And we help them you know get their app up to a level that's uh, that's great for the app store. And then they see you know generally tremendous tremendous growth after they're accepted to the app store and, and they're published. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Um, and Jen, um, you know, how do you guys go about prioritizing what what integrations are built for within the busy platform? Yeah. So, um, like I was saying before, the lead capture tools are entirely customer driven. So we started out by just giving people an HTML snippet that they could use to build their own forms, and then found that people wanted to use um, already existing lead capture tools. So that's entirely customer driven. If we have enough customers reach out, um, we just reach out to the integration partner and send over our, our API. Um, so that's how we prioritize those, and then uh, in terms of prioritizing e-commerce businesses, um, e-commerce platforms, right now we're on Shopify and WooCommerce, um, and again, the next e-commerce platform, it's always entirely driven by, you know, customer requests, so we'll get inbound interest from people, from various platforms um, that we don't support yet, and then we prioritize according to that. And then just again... To, uh, um, just to, oh, sorry, oh. go ahead. 
sorry, and then on the third, or so we have three types of integrations. I talked about lead capture and e-commerce platform, and the third is with marketing channels. Um, and again, and, you know, that's also customer driven. So we started with email, and then as we move into paid ads, um, we are using the channels that our customers use most and have requested. Yeah, I just wanted to Warren, touch um, just on what I was saying before. Um, we we also do have some first party integrations. So the App Store as a whole, we have uh, uh, about 1,500, 1,600 apps. Um, but we do have a couple that we have built ourselves. These are first party app integrations. Um, the way we choose these are very much, you know, um, very similar to what Busy does. Is that we, you know, we, we listen to our merchants, and if they really, really want an integration, that's uh, an in-house integration. Um, we we will build it. This is where our zero and our, our um, QuickBooks integrations came from. Um, we generally don't like to do it because we want to give the opportunity for our third-party developers to, to build these. Um, but sometimes it does make sense. So we have built a couple integrations that have uh, that have worked out pretty well. Yeah. And so, Orin, um, 1,600 apps, that's, that's quite the marketplace. As you, as Shopify and you and your team have scaled um, your marketplace, what were some of the surprising lessons that you've learned? Um, I mean, really just about scaling. Like, scaling is not as easy as it looks, um, especially when you're, you're working with um, just, just so many developers, so many apps. Um, scaling the app store properly, but also scaling your team properly is, is a, a challenge as well. Um, just as far as like producing structure um, and, and obviously keep the service the way you know, we, we want to keep it, which is you know, excellent, it's, it's difficult. Um, I think for the app store, um, the hardest thing is just to redesign things. So um, Apple, if you look at Apple and like Google's app stores, uh, they change it rapidly uh, quite often um, for scalability purposes. Uh, we're in the same boat where we have an app store um, that has been really well designed, but we need to do some work just to scale it. Because again, we're only at 1,500 apps, but you know, when we get to 3,000, 4,000, if that happens, um, which I'm pretty sure it will, I'm hoping so. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> we need to figure out how our how our merchants are going to be discovering apps. Um, and I think the challenge is the more apps there are, the harder it is to do that. So uh, we have some ideas, and it's a challenge ahead, but I think it's uh, I think it's doable. Okay, and you know, Jen, I'll direct this to you in just a second. But Warren, I'm curious, um, how does Shopify go about deciding which apps are going to be charged for, or which ones, you know, are free, and you know, what's the monetization model there? Uh, that's completely up to the developer. Actually, um, they can do really. We we give them um, an open platform to do whatever they want. Really, um, we do monitor monitor it. So um, we do audit the app store quite regularly, and we want to make sure that. Um, what people are saying on their app listings and in their data that they're actually doing, um, uh, especially when it comes to pricing. So if they have a pricing structure that is, uh, um, isn't accurate, we want to make sure that is accurate. Um, but really, you know, we leave it up to them. It's, it's very much like a lot of other app stores. Um, a lot of developers have different ways of monetizing their apps. So a lot of developers will um, maybe come in or be in a beta stage for a few months. Um, get some customers and then let them know that you know we're we're only in beta for these few months and we're going to be doing a charging model after, um, kind of like a freemium model. So a lot of developers are doing that now, and uh, it's, it's proven uh, to work quite well. Um, there's a lot of other methods that people do. Some people come and just charge you know a one-time fee for the year or a one-time lifetime fee for using their app, which I think is a cool idea too. Um, but really, it is up into the hands of the developer, and we're just kind of there to, to to look over them and help them with what they need. Okay, so Jen, um, what 
what are some of your opinions around API monetization? Um, I mean, I guess there's there's all different ways to monetize an API. From our end, you know, we for us like we provide tremendous value to our customers by opening up our API to lead capture tools, um, and that makes our tool more valuable. So we don't ch we don't charge our integration partners. Um, but you know, access to data is very valuable. So I think that we're still we're still waiting for the ecosystem to sort of settle to see you know, what works and what doesn't in terms of monetization. Okay. Cool. Um, maybe we'll do one more question and then we'll jump into some questions from the audience. Um, so you know, what advice, Orin, would you offer to other product owners and technical executives who are looking to further their API strategy? Um, yeah. Um, so I would say, I mean, I know I'm going to sound like a broken record, but um, this, uh, the same way we build products at Shopify, right? Um, I don't think this is a secret to, to anyone who knows Shopify, but we try to build everything really like fully fledged, um, really um, user immersion focused. Um, so it's very clean, um, very simple, um, and and it can take longer. Uh, we do ship things really fast, but we do um, also spend a lot of detail and time on it. So I think that like has helped us a lot. I think that's a, a big lesson there. Um, to not necessarily um, ship things that are half-baked, um, but to, to make a product that will um, uh, be really user-friendly and really great for the merchant or the developer, whoever the end user is, um, as well as think about the long term, right? So think about, you know, um, if you build something that's not maybe the best thing that works for now, is it going to work in a year or two? And do we have to make a bunch of changes to it that's going to disrupt that system? Um, so I think we really think about, like, the end user and then, you know, for the long term, um, and I think that's that's helped us uh, quite a bit. Granted, you know, we do make changes to our API for sure. Um, that's going to happen. But uh, a lot of our APIs have been set up, you know, quite a while ago, and they're and they're still working really well. So, uh, yeah, that'd be my advice. Okay. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to discuss before we open it up to the audience for questions? Um, no, I can think of. Okay. Well, yeah. uh, you know, I'll go ahead and answer one easy one that we got in. Um, so Chad brought to our attention that there's another event going on right now, which is the Apple um, release event. And so, you know, my answer yeah. to that would be just, you know, you're going to have to become an expert multitasker with two, two dual screens and watch two events all at once. But, you know, thank you nonetheless for joining. I know that timing's everything. Um, you know, but let's go ahead and answer or ask another question here. Um, from Antonio, this came through on our registration. How has Cloud Elements simplified your integrations? Jen, do you want to take that one? Sure. Um, so once we started integrating with Shopify, we realized that we're going to need we're going to have a lot of e-commerce integrations that we're going to need to do. Uh, we met Cloud Elements and found that they were essentially normalizing e-commerce integrations, and thought that that would just save us a huge a huge amount of time um, in terms of how much time how many how many developer resources we would have to devote to integrating with different e-commerce platforms. Okay. Great. Um, another question that we got in was, which APIs matter most? Warren, do you want to take a stab at that? Yeah, um, that's a tough one. I don't know which ones. I mean, I think it depends on on which you know who's the end user of the API. Um, for us, I think we have a few key um, APIs that people use a lot. Um, definitely, like our orders API. Um, 
our shop API, um, things of that matter. Like those are super important. A lot of apps, I'd say, the, you know, probably the majority of apps are at least touching upon that API when they're when they're integrating. Um, mm -hmm. For us, I think a big win for us this year is we've really flushed out our billing API. Um, so what the billing API is, is it allows uh, merchants or sorry, developers to uh, bill um, uh, merchants through the API, which means they don't have to use a, a separate service. They can bill everyone um, in, in one go, so from install to uh, completion. Um, and what that does is essentially uses the API to charge the merchant's credit card that they have on file with Shopify. Um, this is really beneficial for the merchant uh, because they generally don't want to um, install an app and then have to enter another credit card, right? They want everything in one place. Um, so this has been huge and we've seen huge adoption with it. We're trying to get uh, ruled out to as many developers as we can. Um, yeah, so that's been a, a huge win for us and I think that's an API that's, that's really, really cool. Uh, also we have a, a discount API, which is um, right now only available to plus merchants, um, but we're also working on um, a public one that, that should be coming out at some point, uh, which is also really cool, which means you can, uh, through our platform, you can make uh, discount codes for shops just on the fly. Uh, so that's a really popular one that, that a lot of developers want, and uh, I'm excited to, uh, uh, when, when we announce that, hopefully it'll be soon. Yeah, it should be really mm -hmm. cool. Jen, did you have any opinions on, you know, which APIs matter most? Yeah, I mean, for us, the APIs that matter most are just the ones that have the critical information for making business decisions. So obviously, there's you know tons of data accessible via API, but not all of it is important for making, in our case, marketing decisions. And so for us, the APIs that matter most are the ones that give us that critical data. And on our end, that's customer information, order information, um, interaction with marketing, um, and then, of course, you know, we can always augment that data with additional data, um, but at the end of the day, those are the core pieces of information that are most critical for our customers to be able to do their marketing effectively. Okay. And Jen, you know, um, one question I think that Busy can speak to is um, this next question. What's the best way to create a solution that can adapt to back-end changes without breaking any sort of existing platform or customer implementations that are already live? Yeah, so I can say what we did on our end. So, I mean, on our end, we spent a huge amount of time understanding what the normalized data needed to look like um, and then built those models initially. Um, and so we built the front end based on that normalized model. Um, so ultimately what that means for us is that as we bring in new pieces of information and new pieces of data, we just want to make sure it fits into our existing model or we adapt our model accordingly. So I think the best answer is just thinking it through from the beginning, which isn't always 100% possible, but then once you kind of learn new pieces of information, you need to adapt such that it doesn't affect the front end or user experience. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, you can't always predict those things, right? If it's going to happen or not, or if you're going to have to change something on the fly. So it's, I think it's a lot, like you're right, it's a lot about, yeah, adapting to it and a lot about communication and letting, you know, just letting people know that this will change and just being prepared for, um, yeah, for things to, to break. But, you know, sometimes it's not a bad thing when something breaks and you can fix it and learn from it. So it does happen. Yeah, one of the things, one of the things that we do when we're about to roll out new features is, we always think through what the how what what the effect is going to be on the user. So when we roll this feature out, what is the user actually going to see? How is this going to change the user's experience? Um, and literally every feature we release, we make sure that when we roll it out, we communicate with the users in a way that will make sense to them. Awesome. 
So um, Emil had a question kind of back to how do we drive adoption. Um, we mentioned before the forums, usability, good documentation, and developer surveys. What are some other strategies that maybe, Oren, you want to answer this, have built up in your de developer community to get the word out about your APIs? Uh, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, so some things we're experimenting with uh, right now, um, it's kind of more like on the ground kind of stuff. So we're just really just tackling way more events than we ever have. Um, so going to way more meetups, hosting our own meetups at our offices, um, just being way more involved in the community. Um, there's definitely um, other ways that we're thinking about that I can't mention right now. Um, but yeah, those are like the big ones, other than what we spoke about before, obviously. Um, I think that, like I, I'm going to say it again, like before, I think, the, I think the support team that we have, though, is the biggest step we've taken, um, just because now we can have an answer to almost everyone's question. And I think that's huge, because that builds a huge uh, trust battery with, with our developers. Um, but yeah, definitely getting out there, um, going to meetups that we wouldn't normally go to, uh, go to just to get our, our, our name out. Um, we're also doing things um, in startup companies, so a lot of uh, a lot of accelerators we're going to and, and having little competitions. Uh, we're doing um, uh, we were doing a little app competition for uh, for university students as well, just to get you know university students uh, used to the Shopify API. Um, so there's lots of lots of different things to you. Just kind of have to uh, experiment and test with some things, but uh, yeah, it's all fun stuff. Yeah, I was thinking of the kind of some of the same tactics that we use at Cloud Elements to really drive adoption for our APIs. And one thing, and we do with accelerators, are hackathon competitions. And so, yeah. by kind of hosting a hackathon, we're creating an opportunity for you know other people to not only learn about our APIs, but then also build something that is relevant to what they need. Um, and that yeah. you know the level of competition and you know staying up for forty-eight hours straight and drinking a lot of energy drinks, it just it creates a lot of good camaraderie. Mm -hmm. um, Jen, did you have anything you wanted to add about adoption? Yeah, I mean, for us, um, it's just all customer-driven. So for us, the conversations are, you know, we have customers that want to integrate with you. Um, and that usually makes the conversation makes the conversation really simple. Um, the other issue for us is, like, um, a lot of times, um, a lot of times, you know, when customers might request things that they aren't able to use right now. So maybe like with Leap Capture Tools, it's something that they're already using and they want to integrate and they want to integrate the data integrated with Busy. So we approach them, we approach those Leap Capture Tools. Um, but on the other end, if there's a tool that our business, a lot of people are struggling with that they can't use because the interface is too complicated or they're struggling to understand how to allocate their capital, then our value proposition is we can actually make it easier to use that tool, um, and that also drives value for the integration. Okay, um, and so um, thank you for that, Jen. And Oren, one question that we have for you is um, from Antonio. Does Shopify split revenue with the developers when using the billing API, um, similar to, I think, Apple, the 70-30, or is there another payment gateway? Uh, yeah, yeah, you got it. So it's uh, very, very similar. Um, ours is a little bit lower, um, so it's 80-20, um, and that's yeah, pretty much for every app on the App Store. Cool. All right, next question from Brad. How do you design your API to be flexible enough for very diverse stakeholders? Jen, do you want to take that one? Sure. Um, so for us, um, Right now, the only API that we have, the public API that we have exposed is the customer API, so basically enabling um, 
people to send their customer information to Busy. Um, so for us, it's just more about having it extremely well documented, making it very clear what the purpose of the API of that of that API is, um, and being available to answer questions. Um, I think another thing um, about your API is it's not just your documentation for the other developers, it's also documentation for your customers. So, and that documentation often is very different. So, for example, we reach out to Just Juno or Privy, and we have them integrate with Busy, um, we need to give them a set of instructions for their developers. But then once users are, are our users and their users are creating that integration and creating that connection and then using it, that they require a different set of instructions and a different set of kind of usability parameters. So really just thinking through, even for a single endpoint, there's the developers and there's the users, and we need to really think about both of them and document for both of them. I think it all comes back to documentation. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay, um, Jen, if you want to yeah. continue on for this next question. Um, if you were starting from scratch, knowing what you know now, what are the top three things you would make sure were part of your API strategy? Sure. Um, so I'll say some, some things, some of these things we're definitely already doing, but um, just again, having it extremely well documented, both for developers as well as for the end users to understand kind of why they are enabling this integration and what it's going to do for them. Um, I would say um, that another thing is just you know keeping it customer driven. So that's something that we're doing, but just like keeping it driven. So if customers don't want it, if customers don't view the data as being valuable, then probably not a good place to start and it's not a priority. Um, and then finally, just like prioritizing the um, prioritizing the, the integrations around the most critical data. Um, because there's obviously a cost to every integration it needs to be maintained. Um, and so bringing in only the most critical main only the most critical data um, so that people can make better marketing decisions is the most important thing. Um, Orin, did you have three things that you would kind of do knowing what you know now? Um, yeah, as far as API goes, um, I don't know about API. I think, I mean, I would make it probably very similar, maybe a little bit more open, uh, maybe a little bit more better documentation at the beginning. Uh, we learned a lot of lessons about documentation and how to um, properly explain things like um, in basic terms to, to kind of everyone. And that's, I think, the hard part is to cater to a large audience. Um, so probably just, yeah, making things uh, as clear as possible, probably going back through our documentation even though we think it's well written to go back and kind of look at it and make sure there, is, there aren't mistakes. Um, a lot of times partners will find mistakes for us, which is fantastic, <laughs> but I think uh, going and actively checking and make sure that we're, we're sending the right message and, and making it very clear um, probably would have been uh, better at the start for sure. Um, we were also quite a small team at the time, so I think it's much easier for us now that we're a bigger team. Um, yeah, I think there's, there's definitely that. Um, coming up with probably different APIs too, maybe things we haven't thought about um, could be interesting. We're, start, we're kind of exploring that now. Like, There's some APIs that are coming out that I've, I've seen and I'm just like, wow, I've never thought about that. It's very interesting. So I think that comes with, with a lot of the feedback that we get from partners. Um, so probably, yeah, that's a big one that we that we have kind of started doing now, but would have been super valuable in the past. Um, 
at a higher level would, would have been to uh, do a lot more surveys and ask more questions to our partners uh, to kind of develop this, right? Because um, they help us as much as we help them. We're all in the same boat, so, yeah. Okay. Um, one other question we got, um, and you know, I'll take a stab at answering this first, and then I'll I'll leave it over to you, Jen. Um, do Shopify partners use Cloud Elements to enable their integrations? And I think you know, Busy Story is a great example of how companies are discovering what Cloud Elements has to offer. Um, mm -hmm. Busy built the integration to Shopify yourselves first, and then you kind of started to discover a lot of the the ongoing maintenance that it takes to continue to manage integrations while also building new integrations within the same categories. So yeah. our kind of our value proposition of Cloud Elements is categorical integration. So if you need to access, you know, not only Shopify, but other e-commerce APIs like WooCommerce or BigCommerce, uh, it becomes mm -hmm. more efficient to work with one single API rather than all of them individually. Um, and so that's, that's a common pattern we see when Shopify partners or other companies are discovering Cloud Elements and how we can help with their integrations. No, I mean, I think you said it perfectly. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, maintaining endpoints has a cost and building integrations takes time. And if we could, if we could kind of use Cloud Elements to help us maintain those, build those, and um, normalize the data, that's incredible. And that's just an incredible time saver and cost saver for our business. And it enables us to grow more quickly. Yeah, awesome. So, um, one last question for you, Jen. Um, do I need to hire an API specialist, or can my team that works on our internal REST API be trained to handle any of the client-facing APIs? I would say that um, uh, my guess would be the same person can probably handle both. Um, it's just the only difference between an internal API and an external API is just the degree of documentation that's required because when you're making your API externally facing, they don't have access to your entire data structure and database and code base to understand how things are going to be used. Um, so I think pretty much the same person, just understanding that things need to be documented differently. Oren, do you have any opinions on that? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think generally it, it's quite easy. I think it again depends on the on the documentation um, and the API itself. Um, I think there's also ways you can help with that. Um, so I think we now have really good documentation over API. Um, but one thing we did do is we um, we did make um, a couple gems and a couple um, tutorials as well in different programming languages um, to help different developers because um, a lot of our developers program in, in very similar languages, but some also don't. Like a lot of developers are starting to, uh, are starting to write in JavaScript um, and in different front-end languages. Um, so I think making more tutorials like that will will uh, make it easier for anyone to develop using API. All right. Well, great. I think that kind of covers just about all the questions that came through. So, um, you know, Oren and Jen, thank you guys so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, taking the time to help provide you know, some really useful tips and advice for this talk show. Also, a big thanks to our audience for submitting so many questions and really keeping things interesting here um, on the talk show. Um, we'll be pulling together the recording and sharing it on the same URL that was um, available to register, which you can find here. We'll also send out an email with the links to that as well. Um, but 
if nobody has any other final comments, I think we'll call it a day. Thanks. Thanks for putting this together. This is great. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us, guys. Bye. Bye.